please remember that information and advice provided on this podcast is based off my personal experiences as a young girl with ADHD. Although I do analyse, mention and cite valid peer-reviewed sources, my podcast is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have concerns or questions regarding your own amazing brain and mental health, please talk to a medical provider. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I speak to my listeners today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lucy Pod. Happy ADHD Awareness Month. Yes, October is ADHD Awareness Month. It is not spooky season, it is ADHD season. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I have a few, well I have one exciting announcement and just a few updates. So the first thing is, is that I have reached 106 followers on Facebook and 96 as I'm recording this on Instagram. So thank you to everyone and keep the love and support going on Instagram. I really appreciate all of the love from my friends, family and ADHD community. I also want to thank my friend Jasmine again for being such a great guest in my last two episodes in honor of ADHD Awareness Month. And of course, my boyfriend Trent, who edits all of my podcasts and actually created my theme song. He's actually a really talented producer and media student. So if you require any producing music or editing services he's the guy for you and I'll actually link his stuff in my description the other exciting thing that is happening in my life and in many people's lives is that Victoria is out of lockdown it is freedom time uh, we don't have restrictions I mean we have a few but we're basically allowed to go into restaurants if you're fully vaccinated it's all super super exciting and I can't wait to just for things to go back to a new normal. Uh, if you notice, a lot of my episodes were recorded during the lockdown and I did a whole episode about how much I hated the lockdown and how difficult I found it. Um, and listening back to it, it's good to see that I, I came out on the other side and that it's okay and that as difficult as it was, the storm does pass. As corny as that is, like there is always tomorrow, tomorrow does get better. The other exciting thing is that I have finished my bachelor's degree. Of course, I am still enrolled in the sense that I have to finish my exams and I have to, you know, do all of that and my assignments, but I've officially kind of like graduated. I'll be receiving my graduation certificate, I think in December. I am finished. That's it. My Bachelor of Arts is finished, which is why I've been so busy and why you are getting this episode towards the end of ADHD Awareness Month, but it is still in the spirit of things. So I've been uber busy, but I thought we would, uh, I thought I would do another episode for you guys because I love recording. So let's talk about today's episode, ADHD, the strengths, the weaknesses. Uh, I tend to focus a lot on ADHD strengths because I feel as if they're like way more important and common and amazing, Uh, but they do come with weaknesses or what I like to call challenges. I don't like calling it a blessing, but curse in disguise or whatever. 
um, you want to call it because I don't like calling it a weakness because finding things difficult and not be amazing at everything is not a weakness. It's a challenge, but it's not a weakness because you can still get better at it. And it doesn't make anyone uh, less intelligent, hardworking, fun, or interesting. It just means that you have trouble with certain things. If you were good at everything, then God bless you, but you wouldn't... What would be the point of doing anything? If you knew you could do everything, you'd have drive to do nothing. You would just exist and float. And that doesn't sound very fun to me. Um, so obviously, I don't want to focus on the negative and make this a doom and gloom. But basically, the way I want to do this episode is discuss, discuss, discuss the strengths of being ADHD, but then the versus of with the challenges that might be associated with that strength or just challenges in general. I think that everybody, ADHD or not, needs to practice the art of knowing your weaknesses or challenges. Whilst it's amazing to know your strengths and to hone in on them, it is so important to know your your challenges because you'll actually surprise yourself. A lot of the challenges that I thought I had, have I've actually gotten better at. I've actually been able to overcome them. And the only way, and one of the ways I realized this is that I've had a job since I was 15. I've always been able to work and do things in my work that ADHDs are repeatedly told that they will struggle with and that they will never be able to do. I've done so many things socially, academically, and in the world of work that I never thought I'd be able to do. But this does not mean that life has not been hard and that I don't have difficulties. So let's break it down and let's do it. Strength number one, I can hyperfocus. And the official or academic definition of hyperfocus is a common but confusing symptom of ADHD. And it is the ability to zero in intensely on an interesting project or activity for hours at a time. It is the opposite of distractibility. And it is common among both children and adults with tension deficit hyperactivity disorder. So an example of hyperfocus or the way that I can break it down is that for me, it doesn't actually have to happen when the thing is interesting, but it is more common when it is. But let's say I'm writing an essay on a topic that I'm really interested in. It's kind of like this switch just comes over me. It's like click of a finger and I'm immediately engulfed in what I'm doing and I cannot stop. It's everything else becomes unimportant. I am just so comfortable and aware and I'm able to sit down and do the work. It's so hard to explain, but it's like the only way I can put it down to is, yeah, it's hyper-focus. So noises in the background, text messages, the thought of other things, they just don't happen. I'm actually in the mode and it feels enjoyable. It's a really enjoyable and fantastic feeling, especially when I'm doing homework because it means that I get the work done and I care about it. It's an effort. I don't just impulsively finish my work. But the weakness, or I want to say downside to this, is that I can hyper-focus on things that might not be relevant or get stuck into something and forget everything else. So whilst it's great that I play Sims and that I really care about the architecture of my home and the aesthetic of it, it's not really helpful if I have assignments to do and I've sat on Sims for the past two hours hyper-focusing on that and unable to break it to do work. That makes it really hard. Or I have another problem where I've got five assignments and I've just focused on this one that's not that important instead of trying to spread out my focus on all of the work. I put all of my eggs in one basket and then other things get neglected. 
And this is really hard. And this is something that I am trying to work on. And the way that I do this is that I split up my study time in sections. So I tend to study in one to two hour blocks and take five to 10 minute breaks. And then I amp up the study time. So three hours, then I get an hour break and so on. And I use timers to break me from that hyper-focus if I know that I'm getting too engulfed or not even engulfed, too immersed in something because it's great that you care about your Sims house, Lucy, but you need to care about your final essays. The next ADHD strength is that I am super boisterous and confident. I find it really easy to talk to people, make friends, perform, and I don't really care about what others think. And I'm not saying that this is a trait that is that is you uh, for everyone. Uh, it could just be unique to me. But I have tend I tend to see in a lot of studies that ADHDers have a very sort of not even blind confidence, but because we are so impulsive, we tend to be quite vulnerable and quite open because things kind of fly out of our mouth. And in my case, that does not bother me. I'm very secure in myself and I've adopted the mantra that your problems with me are not my problems. And whilst it is important to demonstrate kindness and respect to everyone, uh, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to be a decent human being. I think we all should be, but I am not here to be popular, to be loved and adored. I'm here for me. And if people aren't aboard on, uh, you know, on board with that and don't like me, that's that's fine. That's on them, uh, and it's okay. Uh, but the downside to this is that some people may find me intense, too loud, and read me as annoying, which again doesn't bother me now. But for some ADHDs, this can be hard because it can be making making friends is hard in general, but especially when you're ADHD and when you're younger, uh, kids don't really have a lot of empathy. We like to say that kids like these innocent souls who demonstrate a lot of empathy, but kids can be mean. Kids can be, you know, excuse my French, they can be assholes. Children are not nice. Children are very quick to judge. They find you annoying. That's it. You're the annoying kid. And that's so, so hard. And this is not to say that ADHDs aren't annoying and that we're perfect, innocent angels. But I think it's so important to demonstrate a bit of empathy and know that if an ADHDer is loud, they're not being loud because they want to annoy you or antagonize you. That's just something that they do. And that instead of bullying them for it, maybe help them out and say, hey, look, you know, you are being a little loud. Do you want me to like give you a signal when you're being too loud just so you can dial it back instead of just saying that they're annoying? Uh, and I think ADHDers do need to work on this. I think a lot of the time ADHDers are infantilized and made to feel as if they aren't in control of their actions and that they're these innocent little things and that everyone should just tiptoe around them. Like I've said many times before, empathy and kindness is super important and I don't believe that it's okay to make fun of people for being different. However, as an ADHD, especially if you're an adult or old enough, you should start taking responsibility and looking into things. If you are doing things that are annoying and socially not acceptable, it is in your best interest to find strategies to deal with it. That is something that I've learned myself, that it's not cute to be annoying in class and saying, oh, but I'm ADHD is not an excuse for me any longer. I'm almost 21 and that sort of behavior isn't acceptable. Maybe when I was in primary school it was, but it's not. And I've used tools and other things 
to help me deal with that. So that might sound a little harsh and controversial, but it's really important to recognize that being boisterous and confident isn't a bad thing. But if it's at the cost of people feeling respected around you, it's something that you need to look into. And this may be a challenge, but you can do it. Don't let people make you feel as if you're incapable because you're ADHD. You are capable of taking charge of your own behavior. You are an intelligent, responsible human being. You can do it. The next amazing strength is that I can create and create and create and I have amazing, amazing creative output. Um, And the strength and the explanation to that is who would not want that? Who does not want the ability to constantly be able to produce, produce and create? Who does not want that? I, I, I love the fact that I am able to be spontaneous and make things. I love the fact that I can make these episodes, enjoy them and produce in abundance, write in abundance. I, I, I love it. But there's a little thing in your head when you're doing this and it's called perfectionism. You feel that if you're not constantly producing or you take one minute to breathe, that you're a failure. So there will be times where if I haven't uploaded an episode or I haven't thought of an idea for one, I'll think, God, I'm underperforming. I'm a failure. And that's nonsense. Uh, ADHDers deal with crippling perfectionism. It's funny because a lot of people say you're so lazy you don't take responsibility for everything, anything. But the thing is, is that ADHD is because they're so ADHD and find it hard to complete things, they feel like they have to and be perfect at it. And they suffer from crippling perfectionism. It's insane. It's it's a paradox. It's so bizarre. It's like, oh my God, there's a million and one things I have to do. I have to do them perfectly, but I can't because I'm too distracted. Thus, I'm a failure. And it's this vicious, ridiculous cycle that makes no sense. So For any one of you who thought that we were lazy and unproductive and that we just like don't want to do anything, it's actually the diametrical opposite. We want to be able to do things and we're made to feel as if if we're not constantly on the ball producing that we're somehow doing something wrong or that we've fallen short. And this is something that I don't have a cure for because this idea that, you know, an individual can achieve full self-esteem and never have a day where they doubt themselves is just impossible. What you can cure and deal with is how it makes you feel. So yeah, there will be days where as an ADHD, you feel like you've underperformed because you've not produced enough to your own made up standards. And whilst it's okay to feel like this, you need to know how to manage it so that you don't let it affect you so badly that you feel like this all the time. You need to be gentle with yourself. We're really mean to ourselves. And I think that if we spoke the way we did to ourselves, to other people, we wouldn't have any friends. Stop being so mean to yourself. And people who put you down for being a little messy and disorganized don't really have a place in your life. And you should really evaluate that, reevaluate that, because it's already hard enough being ADHD and it's just worse if you have people around you who are making you feel as if you're crappy and feeding into your delusion that you somehow have to reach this weird standard when in reality we're all going at our own pace there's no competition we're just kind of muddling along in life and especially with COVID and all of this going on we put too much pressure on ourselves to constantly be productive and produce. And whilst I love it for me, there are days where it does wreak havoc on me and it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. But then I remember, hey, I got up this morning. 
I've got a smile on my face. That's, that's just quite enough and I don't need to do any more, okay? So the next strength is that I am super strong in literacy. That's uh, awesome. I love reading. I used to read at a young age. I was, I don't want to come off as like, I was a gifted child, but I was reading quite further than other children in my grade. And I love, love reading. I think it's fantastic. And I love the arts. It's why I'm doing the degree that I'm doing. It's why I love creative writing. But the challenge that I face is that I am very, very weak in maths. I actually have dyscalculia. And if you want me to do an episode on that, let me know. Dyscalculia is dyslexia, but in mathematics, it is number blindness and it is a neurological condition wherein one cannot visualize patterns and struggle deeply with mathematics. And up to 60% of people who have ADHD also have dyscalculia. Uh, People, I don't know how to explain this to you, but basically um, I cannot see patterns in my head or on paper, even if they are incredibly clear, even if they're, let's say, written on paper, patterns. I can't visualize them. I confuse numbers. That's not a good explanation, but the way that I could explain it to you, the way that I can prove, not that I have to prove, but an example of dyscalculia in my case was that I only learned how to tell the tell, tell the tell. I only learned how to tell the time when I was 13. I learned how change and like money, like doing register stuff worked when I was 15 and I got a job and I had to learn it. Um, I am still currently learning how number placement placement works because I really struggle with like number placement and decimal points. So things that you guys would have learned in primary school and high school, these are things that I struggle with greatly. So much so that I actually had to have a modified maths program when I was in high school. I did like a semester of math and my results were abysmal, like bad and the teachers were like yeah we think Lucy's having issues how can we help her with this and basically they made it so that I would still be in a regular maths class with everybody else and I would do that work but when it came to assessments and exams my maths program was modified in a way so that I would have um, a chance to be able to do tasks that were understandable and easier for me Um, And I also had the opportunity to have extra time in class. And I actually went to a centre called Spelled and they helped kids with literacy and numeracy issues. And I had an amazing uh, tutor and we basically did like the foundations of mathematics and I had to learn it because I found it so hard. I've become a lot better now. I'm fantastic and really good at a lot of the things I sucked at, but there's still things that I struggle with. And I don't know if you know this, but you actually do need math in the real world. A lot of people like to say, well, when am I going to use that? Da, da, da. Of course, unless you're going into the field that needs it, you're not going to need abstract maths. You're not going to need to know uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You're not going to need to know where the hypotenuse is. But when it comes to things like uh, addition, uh, subtraction, multiplication, division, decimal points, number placements, percentages, leaders, milliliters, you do actually need to know those things. They will come in handy. And this is why I constantly work on it. And it's why it's not a weakness. It is merely a challenge for me because I've actually been able to overcome some of them. So they are a challenge. 
Uh, and if there are any of you who are listening who are dyscalculic, do you have any sort of analogies or explanations to give to neurotypicals to explain it? Because there's a lot of them for ADHD, but for dyscalculia, I can't seem to explain it. <laughs> All right, the next strength or positive of me having ADHD is that I'm in the position where I can t- medicate myself and manage my ADHD. My medication works, which means that I can live an amazing life with my ADHD. My medication has always worked. I've never had a problem with it, except for one occasion where I changed the dose when I was younger. I decided that I wanted to go up a dose with my pediatrician and I did and I lost a drastic amount of weight and I looked like a shadow of my former self. So I went back to the normal dose and then I was on Ritalin for like eight, 10 years and then I decided to come off it because it was making me anxious. But other than that, I've never had a problem with medication. It has been the most amazing thing for me. It doesn't mean that my ADHD is cured or that I don't have difficult days, but it means that I can live my life and be me, be me and smart, intelligent and thriving with the ADHD. It makes it manageable, which is amazing. And I am so, so lucky for that. That's one of the big things that I am grateful for. But the downside to this for others is that It is expensive and people judge it and it can impact how people access ADHD medication. ADHD medication is very expensive uh, and it shouldn't be because it is a treatment. It is a treatment for neurological health and I really do believe that it should be means tested. If birth control can be free in France and if uh, certain birth control here can be means tested, I'm sure that ADHD medication could be means tested because it's really unfair to expect people who are in a lower financial position to have to pay, you know, 80 bucks for medication. For some, that might be super affordable, but for a lot, it's not. And people have yet to explain why it is so expensive. And the stigma surrounding ADHD medication deters people from using it. I know many ADHDers who are told that they, you know, need to be medicated or should try medication by their doctors. And because some quack online or their nosy auntie tells them that it's not healthy, they decide not to. And as a result, they suffer greatly with their ADHD when medication could solve some of those issues. Stigma has real life consequences, not just, oh, stigma means that people like, feel uncomfortable. Stigma means that ADHDers are not accessing their medication, thus worsening their mental health. That's really serious. I believe that we all have our own personal business. And if someone's personal business includes taking ADHD medication and it doesn't impact anyone and it has no bearing on anyone, it really isn't anybody's business. If you know someone who is taking medication for a mental illness or a neurological condition, don't worry about it. Leave them be. Medication is effective and it is a well-researched and implemented treatment for ADHD. And people should give it a go and it should be made easier to access. The thing is, is that Being ADHD isn't necessarily always a problem. It's the way in which people react to it that make it so. And this is what brings me to my last point. And this is a strength or positive for me is that 
I'm ADHD and being ADHD is cool. I would not have it any other way. I think it is the best thing. And I know that this is controversial and some people don't agree and that's fine. But for me personally, I love being ADHD so much because it means that I get to see the world in a really different and beautiful way. I'd, it sounds so corny. Um, I'm tearing up. No, I'm not. But it allows me to see the world in such a fantastic way. And I just, it would just be so strange to one day like be cured of it. I really wouldn't want to cure. And the downside to me feeling this way is that my pride in ADHD makes people uncomfortable because they think that I should somehow feel upset that I am ADHD. And I just want to say that if you are proud of being ADHD and there's people around you who are trying to tell you that you shouldn't because it's a disability or a disadvantage, uh, just don't pay any attention to them because they're probably jealous that they're not ADHD. That's what I'm putting it down to now. I put it down to the fact that if you see someone who is so secure in themselves with being ADHD and you do things to try and make them feel insecure, that's because there's something going on with you. Again, I'm going to use my mantra. Your problems with me are not my problems. Don't blame me for your problems. If you can't stand me, stand away from me. That's that's my mantra. And I think that's an important message to give out during ADHD Awareness Month, which I should I think it should be ADHD Pride Month. I am proud to be ADHD. I make no apologies. I make mistakes. I am flawed, but not because I'm ADHD. It's just because I'm a human being and I'm flawed. And we should give more grace and more love to our fellow ADHDers because we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're doing amazing things. We're smart, creative, intelligent. We add color to the world. And I'm so proud to be part of such a phenomenal uh, community. And I'm so glad that I get to represent it as an ambassador. And that's the note that I want to leave it on. Although this episode was to talk about the strengths and weaknesses or strengths and challenges, it always ends up on a positive note because why shouldn't it? Why should we be made to grovel in our ADHD-ness? Heck, you should be celebrating your ADHD-ness. And I know that it's harder for others, but I really do hope that this episode and that the Lucy pod makes you feel a lot better about being ADHD. So with that being said and ending on such a high note, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lucy pod. If you are in Victoria at the moment, enjoy your freedom. Good on you for getting vaxxed. Enjoy the freedoms that come with it and good on you for caring about public health. Be safe, behave yourselves. Go and hug an ADHD today. Give them a gift. No, I'm joking. And just be great, be wonderful, enjoy life. And don't forget to follow me on all streaming platforms that you are listening to me on. And don't forget to also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also check me out on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for listening to the Lucy Pod. And I will see you in my next episode. Bye.